would have to be hiding under a rock to never have heard of the movie Star Wars. It could probably not only be said that it changed movies, but it also changed the sci-fi culture and it changed the world we live in. There are whole aisles at Walmart and Kmart that have nothing but Star Wars figurines and characters and toys in them. Star Wars was the story uh, written by George Lucas about a galaxy that happened a long time ago, but really far, far away. He said it in that way because it was a reality that was so removed from our own that we would not even be able to resonate or comprehend it. But it was a movie that we all resonated with, if you've seen it, in some degree. The movie talks about a power between the good and the bad, this idea of a spiritual warfare, this idea that there's a force that is used for the good and for the bad, and it's invisible to the naked eye. And many people live with doubt of it. They don't even know it exists. Star Wars was, to this day, one of the best-selling movies. It's about a galaxy that is much different than our own. Um, this morning, we're going to be looking at Daniel. And in some ways, Daniel's vision is like that of Star Wars. It is a world that we have no comprehension of and a reality that we will not necessarily be able to resonate with all of the creative illusions that get played into it. We are continuing our series today on the wild and the wonderful visions of God. Uh, a few weeks ago, I looked at Isaiah's uh, vision of God and what it meant and for us and some of the wild and wonderful things that happened in it. And then two weeks ago, Pastor Bob looked at Ezekiel's wheel and he looked at the vision of that. This week, we're going to be looking at another one of those creative and crazy visions that God has given his people. And we're going to be looking at Daniel 10, 1 through 21. If you have uh, a Bible with you, you'll be able to uh, follow along. If you don't, there are pew Bibles that are maroon colored like this. They sit on the pew in front of you and will be on pages 885 and 886. Let's take a minute to pray today. Lord, you are a creative and awesome God. You operate in a spirit wet realm that we have no comprehension of. Today, use this vision to show us some of those wild and wonderful things that you do and some of those wild and wonderful things that happen in the realm that we do not live. Help us understand who you are, how creative you are, and we ask that you join with us this morning in your presence. Bring your Holy Spirit and let it sit in each one of us this morning. Amen. This morning, as I said, we're going to be looking at Daniel's wild and wonderful vision. If you have your Bible with you, I encourage you to open up with me. Uh, we will only read the passage once today. It is a long passage. The interesting part of this story is this. Daniel's vision is actually three chapters long. Daniel's chapter takes up 10, 11, and 12. Uh, so you could say it's actually this part of Daniel all the way to the end. We are only going to be looking at chapter 10 today and some of the introductory statements he makes about his vision, which he'll go on to in detail. I would encourage you this week to go home and read a little bit more of this story 
and this vision and all of the crazy, wild, and wonderful things that happen in it. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was also called Belteshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen, with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like crystallite, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like that of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My faith, my face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Um, then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep and my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you. And stand up, for I now have been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up, trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, come to help me, came to help me because I was detained there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to explain this thing to you that will happen to you in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. While he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face towards the ground and was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I have overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I am helpless. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, O oh man, highly esteemed, he said. Peace, be strong now, be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened, and I said, Speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. So he said, Do you know why I have come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia, and where I go, the prince of Greece will come. But first, I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one supports me against them except Michael, your prince. And in the first year of Darius the Mede, I took my stand to support and protect him. This passage is full of some wild and wonderful things. In fact, Daniel is taking chapter 10 just to set up his vision. Chapters 11 and 12 actually show his vision. 
the, rem the remarks at chapter 10 are much more introductory, and he'll dive deeper in. And I, as I said earlier, I encourage you to read them later. This is the fourth wild and wonderful vision that Daniel records for us. He talks prior in these other chapters to his vision about the four beasts, the ram and the goat, the vision of 70 weeks, and then this one, which is called the messenger, where he is visited by a messenger of heaven. Perhaps few books are overly implied and misconstrued as Daniel. Daniel's visions have caused great theological debates over the years, including those people who tried to read our understandings into them and our apocalyptic to come time. Uh, Daniel continues to be that which uh, perpetrates much division on end time theology. However, I think we can get something out of Daniel with going out going into the detail uh, of the vision, which would take days because it takes three chapters. And I think we can take something out of Daniel without applying our ideas of end time theology into what he's saying. Daniel's visions first show us the creativity of God. They show the reality of heaven is concerned with the affairs of man. Here, Daniel meets a messenger of heaven who shows him love, compassion, and care. Heaven invades earth. Daniel is an interesting character. Charles Swindoll says this about Daniel. Of all the Bible's heroes, Daniel is perhaps the most difficult to fit into a category. Though he saw visions of the future, he wasn't the same kind of prophet as Amos or Isaiah. Though he interceded for his people, he wasn't a priest. Though he was a confidant of kings, he wasn't royalty. And though he witnessed many battles, he wasn't a warrior. Isaiah is known as the pacifist prophet. I looked at him a few weeks ago. Daniel is a little bit of everything. And his vision captures a little bit of that. As I said, we could talk in detail about his visions, but I think there's something else that we can take away today. In cities, it's becoming popular, especially within a gang mentality, to wear shirts that say, only God can judge me. Have you guys seen these shirts? They're, they're pretty popular. They hang up in the mall. Daniel's story is this. He was a man that lived that mentality. Daniel's name means only God can judge me, or God is my judge. But where these shirts sell that motto as a self-justification to do what they want, Daniel lived his life in a way that he knew was before a king that judged him. He lived with the reality of authentic surrender of self before the judge. There's six things I, I see here that I think we can briefly take away from this story this morning. The first one of those is this. Often God chooses to reveal his presence through wild and wonderful ways during troubling times or loss. Like Isaiah, uh, Daniel timestamps this. Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, here Daniel says, in the third rule of uh, King Darius, of Cyrus, sorry. And, and the importance of that is this. This probably happened a lot of theologians say around 536 B.C. So it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. 536 B.C. also included this. Daniel's people finally got to go home. Daniel is uh, here in mourning, we see. 
We see that he sits in mourning. We see that his people are returning home. And so I think there's many apparent reasons that Daniel would have been in mourning. His people are finally reaching their home. Many generations have come and gone and died without that reality. There is a sadness that all the things that they have lost and their culture that they have lost in captivity. There's also a reality that even though they were in the enemy's land, they made it their home. They made home there. So, as you know, if you've ever lived far away for a while, you do get attached to those areas as well. Daniel's in a time of mourning. He is now in a reality that his home uh, is in sight, but his current home is changing. And we also have reason to believe that the three previous visions that Daniel had somehow disturbed him and caused him to be in mourning. He was in a reality that spoke of loss. He had been in mourning for three weeks. We see that in the passage here. Uh, in those times, he hadn't had any choice food. He had no meat, he had no high quality food, and he abstained from wine. He used no fragrant lotions. And following the traditions of that day, he probably also hadn't taken a bath or a shower in close to three weeks. It's probably this reason that we see him sitting at the banks of the Tigris River. Finally, time to take a bath. I'm sure the king was not too pleased with this part of his uh, worship. So we can't blame this crazy, wild, and wonderful vision of God on Daniel eating meat too late to bed because he abstained from it for three weeks. We can't also say that he had a little too much wine because he also abstained from that for three weeks. I think that is one of the many reasons that Daniel probably mentions his fact of being in mourning and that he abstained from those things. He was in need of a God who would be present in a time of great trial and loss. The second thing that we can take away from this is the wild and wonderful presence of God often invades our reality with undoubtable evidence and at times of personal significance. What we see happening here is this. When the messenger shows up on, through a vision on the banks of the Tigris, his friends don't see it. They uh, hear it, they run away, but there's some undoubtable evidence that this message was from of God. It left no question in Daniel's mind that God was revealing himself to him. We know this because Daniel instantly collapsed. He trembles, he becomes scared. His friends are in hiding. This is the presence of God when it shows up. One that leaves no doubt that you are in touch with the creator of our universe. The wild and wonderful presence of God often invades our reality with undoubtable evidence and at times of personal significance. Daniel was in a time of mourning through these visions and through the change happening in his life, the sense of loss. He needed God to be evident and present in a season of personal significance. That's what we see happening here. Daniel recounts that in chapter 10, verses 7 through 9. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they had fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at the great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and I listened to him. 
I fell into a deep sleep, and my face fell to the ground. The physical manifestations of this encounter left no doubt it was from God. If you've ever experienced one of these times with God, you too will know what I'm talking about. God leaves no doubt that he is with you in these times. Third thing we can take away is this. God uses these wild and wonderful visions to reveal his plan, but also to show his father-like love to those that are close to his heart. Often we make this misjudgment that Jesus is God's love and the Old Testament's full of God's anger. But we see something here. When the messenger shows up, he speaks love. He speaks of God as the Abba, as the Father who loves into Daniel. When we see the Father's love shown on David, we see it shown in these ways. The hand touched me, set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you and stand up. For I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. Again, the messenger, or the one who looked like a man, touched him and said, Do not be afraid, you who are highly esteemed, he said. Peace, be strong now, be strong. We see the messenger speaking to the identity of Daniel the one who is esteemed, the one who is loved, the one that God cared so much about to answer his time of mourning, his three weeks of seeking after God. The messenger has come because of that. That's what we see happening here. We see that God loves his people so much that he will invade earth with heaven to show that love to them. Even though those encounters may leave us on doubting, knowing that they are God and make us tremble, we also see that God wants to speak to our identity in those times. We see his father-like love and reward those close to his heart. That happens because of this next point. The prayers of those who, are hum who humbly and honestly seek God are heard and will be answered. The prayers of those who humbly and honestly seek God are heard and will be answered. Do not be afraid, David, Daniel, the messenger said, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were healed, heard, and I have come in response to them. These wild and wonderful vision that Daniel experiences is a result of somebody who lived their life authentically before the judge and who humbly and honestly sought after God. His prayers were heard and answered through these visions. His seasons of mourning and dealing with loss, depression, of not understanding, now came with an inter intentional interaction of God. God shows up. Why did God show up? Because the prayers of those who are humbly and honestly seek after God will be heard and answered. The next thing that we see out of this passage is this. The spiritual world has great power and affects our spiritual reality. The spiritual world has great power and effect on our physical reality. We see a lot of things happen in this vision that are hard to explain. But the one thing that we do see is this. 
the messenger says this, for 21 days, for 21 of those 24 days you were in mourning, I tried to come to you, but the spirit princesses, princes is blocked my way. That is a reality that we don't get. That is that force of the Star Wars, right? It is what Transformer says, there's more than meets the eye. There's things around us that we cannot explain. A spiritual warfare and a spiritual sphere that is around us at all times. One that we cannot comprehend. But it's not only something we can't comprehend, but it does affect us. The spiritual world has great power and effect on our physical reality. For 21 days, this messenger tried to come and answer Daniel's prayer. It wasn't to Michael the angel came with the messenger that he was able to break through. That's crazy. When we pray to God, we expect an answer right away, right? We, we expect that God can just move in power and do something right now. That's what we expect of him. But here in this story, we see the spiritual world is much deeper and uh, darker, you could say, than we may realize. It took 21 days, the whole three weeks that Daniel was in seeking God through mourning and through fasting that it took for an answer. It's not necessarily what we want to hear when we want God to move right away. But we do learn that when we seek after him, he does answer those. Last point is this. God equips those who seek him for their task at hand. God equips those who seek him for their task at hand. Daniel was overwhelmed by his vision. God finally showed up in this vision. The messenger finally breaks through this crazy spiritual world, and he's able to have heaven invade earth and speak into the identity of Daniel. During that time, we see this as well. While he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face towards the ground, and I was speechless. The one who looked like a man touched my lips, and I opened my mouth, and I began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I feel very weak. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. Again, the angel, the one who looked like a man, touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, you who are highly esteemed, he said. Peace, be strong now, be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. In these times, that God also equips us for the task at hand. When we are willing to seek humbly and honestly after God, and He shows up in these times, He will equip us. Daniel was so overwhelmed from a mixture of the vision and mourning that he was so weak and faint, couldn't even speak. But we see the messenger touch his lips and give him strength, give him understanding, and give him power. It is in these times that God reveals himself that in wild and wonderful ways that we also see he'll equip us for the task at hand. As I said, Daniel's vision shows us that the reality of Transformers and Star Wars seems a little more understandable. Transformers, another best-selling sci-fi movie, is about cars and machines that are robots in disguise, and uh, they're at battle with each other, and, you know, you can pass a car every day on your way to work and not know it's really the secret robot. 
and uh, their motto is, as I said, more than meets the eyes, they're robots in disguise. The world that is around us is more than meets the eyes. We live our lives worrying about the day-to-day without a reality that the spiritual world is at war among us and around us. Daniel's vision shows us that. Daniel's vision shows us that it took angels with swords to get through, and they had to fight and push away spirit princes to be able to get to answer a place to answer David's um, dream. The spiritual world affects us more than we realize. It's important for us to realize that we need to mirror Daniel because of this. Daniel spent intentional time seeking humbly and authentically after God. Unless we continue to pursue uh, God in the same way that Daniel did, uh, we can't expect these wild and wonderful things to speak into our lives. God is a wild and wonderful God who chooses to speak and reveal himself through creative, wild, and wonderful ways. But he also wants us to seek after him in creative and wild and wonderful ways. And that's our reality. That's Daniel's reality. It's why Daniel was able to survive the lion's den and the furnace. Because he sought wild and wonderfully after God. He was after God's heart. This morning we need to ask ourselves that as I invite the worship team back up. Are we so in love with a wild and wonderful God that we are wild and wonderfully pursuing after his heart so that we can experience these visions, but we can also understand our identity and be equipped for the task at hand? Because whether we realize it or not, there is a war around us that affects our reality. That is something we 